0: People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life.
1: I like Wes Eisley. I like everything about him.
0: All right. This week we have Dr. Ray and Gene Kadkodian on the podcast. They are... um, well, I'll let them introduce themselves. Everybody, it's Dr. Ray and Gene. What's up, guys? How are you? Good. How
1: are you guys? Are you guys? Long you know, time no see, right?
0: We just did a podcast <laughs> with you guys. How long ago was that? Like three days ago? No. <laughs> so what happened was we did the podcast and then I'm like, hey, I do have this opening for non-Magic, non-Natalie and I podcast. Um, would you guys be able to make it work? And it seemed like it was way far out. And then that episode of us on your podcast just came out last night. I just watched it. So it feels like.
2: It feels like. You yeah, I just hung yeah. out
0: with you for an hour yeah. and a half. So uh, tell everybody um, who you guys are and what you do for a living and we'll get into it.
1: So for the past 25 years now, we have been working with couples primarily helping them navigate the challenges of relationships. And uh, we developed our own model in working with couples called Couple Synergy, which is a 90-day uh, program for couples. Uh, we have a, a clinic in the Chicagoland area. We have opened up a, now a new clinic or new branch out here in Colorado where we live. And um, we are really happy to bring our, our message to the world.
0: So everything says Dr. Ray and Gene. Is uh Miss Jean? Is Miss Jean a doctor as well?
3: No, I have a master's degree. He has the doctorate.
0: Gotcha. That's that's pretty close. That's yeah. pretty close. So <laughs> so let's get started way back. How did you guys meet?
1: That's a that's a really good story. We have two different stories, by the way. <laughs> oh, is that because one's yeah. made
3: up? <laughs> His started sooner than mine. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, there oh. you go. All right. <laughs> go ahead.
1: So I was interviewing for A position at a community mental health center. And I was in the front area of the, of the center uh, talking to my, uh, you know, soon to be boss. And I see Jean walking down the far hallway and I noticed her and I was like, wow, she's really cute. And then she walked up and then my My boss introduced me to her at that, at that time. So I remember that as being our, the first time that we met, but Gene doesn't remember that.
3: So obviously Uh, he, he got the job and my job (laughs) was split between two positions. And part of it was, uh, we had common clients and we didn't look so good on paper. He was 24. I was 30 with a 10 year old. So we would talk a lot after work. And I thought he was gonna ask me out and he never did. So then I kind of put him in the friends category. And then uh, we actually met over at fish tanks. I, I had fish tanks my whole life. And I said, you know, when when I buy a place, I'm gonna get saltwater tank. And so my son and I had moved like every year because you know, rent and it goes up, so you gotta always move around. So like 10 different times. And then I bought a condo right before I met him and I got this saltwater tank. And he wrote a little note in my box and said, when are you going to let me come and check out your cool fish tank? And he came over that night and kind of didn't leave.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's how
0: you know it's going to work when they don't leave. That's what happened with (laughs) us. I never left. So.
2: That's
0: sweet. Uh, you were in chicagoland area though right that's what mm-hmm. that's what it was with the rent and the moving around and everything i couldn't imagine how much rent was and
2: in going chicago. up like crazy yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, so you yeah got- we were both born and born and raised in the chicagoland area and uh so never really seen any other part of the country i mean i did go to college in nebraska but other than that um we lived our entire lives in in the chicago area there in the suburbs
3: Yeah, I have eight siblings, so I did run away and join the army when I was 18. So that was how I got out. But then, you know, having a kid, you have to stay wherever the dad is. So we were both kind of stuck there, even though we wanted to leave as soon as we, on our honeymoon, we decided we were going to leave. And that was, (laughs) took us 25 years to actually get out here before we, before we left.
1: And when I met her, I was dating, you know, kind of casually dating, Um, I had, you know, gotten out of a pretty traumatic long-term relationship at that time. So I wasn't really looking for any type of commitment, but, um, you know, starting a relationship with her was, was very different because, you know, it's not just, it it can't just be a casual relationship. You know, there's a child involved. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, really had to kind of look at my priorities in life and what was really important and decided that, you know, the casual dating life kind of thing wasn't at that point.
3: Yeah, he was only 14 years older than than our son. That so it was it was a big life switch for you. Huge life you switch. went from like college life to being an insta dad. In fact, we broke up mm-hmm. over it once and then you took the weekend and thought about it. And then you're like, I got to see where this goes. And here we are.
0: Did you guys break up because they just wouldn't they wouldn't share the controller for the Nintendo? They were both kids in the other room.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. He exposed them to too much Nintendo. I was like, hey, <laughs> you, you can't be doing that. <laughs>
0: so did you guys end up having any kids of your own together?
3: We did,
1: yes. Uh, we got married, I don't know, how long it was about less than a year after we met, right?
3: We started dating February 21st. We got married February 14th the following year. Mm -hmm. and our son was born in august yeah yep and he just got married in vienna in november so we both our kids are married uh the our older son has a daughter so we're grandparents
1: and they both are in the dc area and we're halfway across the country
0: (laughs) well and i told you in your podcast when you guys are there you look us up and we'll get you tickets to a show we gotta want to hang hang out with you yeah so awesome so how long have you guys been working as a couple doing this job? How long, how did that start? Because you guys were doing something totally different.
1: Yeah, we were working in, as I said, community mental health. Um, You know, I worked also in the hospital system and residential treatment areas. Primarily, in the beginning, our, our focus wasn't on working with couples. But what would happen in the field of mental health is that often you were just thrown in front of a couple or thrown in front of of a family with no training, and you were just told to, you know, do counseling with them. And so that's why a lot of couples work or couples therapists and family therapists, they they kind of fail, you know, and the therapy fails is because they don't have that training and they don't have, you know, specific considerations when working with two or more people.
3: Yeah. It's sort of like um, what we've learned over the years of doing this is, you know, if you want to dance, you can do what you want. But if you want to dance with another person, you got to find some structure and, you know, ways to communicate differently so you can do that. And when we were thrown in with these families or couples, it was horrible. You'd end up refereeing. And and we thought, you know what, there's got to be a better way. This is, it's not productive. People leave feeling bad. You feel bad. Neither one of us was happy doing that, but we were really passionate about relationships. And both of us were before we met and figuring out our own bad relationships from our, you know, fun (laughs) dating years. And we thought, you know what, let's figure out a better way. And this was in 2002 and I quit my full-time job and we, we opened up a company, the lighthouse, which still exists today. You continued to work. So, you know, just to bridge that gap because we didn't have any clients yet and we grew it from there. And, you know, in the beginning too, we were figuring it out. I think we've had more fights about our couples than the couples themselves had. (laughs) Just in trying to understand, how do you you understand, you know, what happens in traditional counseling? There's one therapist and two people. Someone's picking a side. It just happens. Well, we can't pick a side because we each have our own. So we have to fight for this couple to make it or at least to make a good decision about what they need to do. And so we would have to, cause you know, you hear something, there's his side, her side, and something else the that's truth. perception. <laughs> I don't even know if it's truth, but it's perception, right? We've never met any couple or family that you would swear they live in a different house. Their perceptions of what's going on is so complicated. And so we had to continue to learn like that can't be what's, the important thing. You know, if you don't like that someone leaves their shoes in the living room, the answer isn't move your shoes. It's why does this bother you and how do you get there or why are so much more complicated things. And what we've created over that last 25 years is it's so awesome because we know it works. Because on our podcast, we've podcasted couples we worked with 15 years ago. And they still say, we're still practicing the things you taught us. We're still doing it. And and so it, that's one thing with traditional marriage counseling. There's a two-year attrition rate. People behave for a bit, and then they go back to their old ways. And in the model that we've learned and, and teach, that doesn't happen, which is really awesome. Yeah, the, you- the
1: problem with marriage counseling and traditional marriage counseling is that 80% of the time, it is driven by the female in the relationship and 80% of marriage counselors out there traditional marriage counselors are female so right off the bat there is a gender bias that that occurs and <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah now you got two women yelling at you. right
1: yeah. <laughs> you know. i don't so want to go really <laughs> want to go <laughs> no no you and that's what most guys coming into therapy you know, being driven by their wives feel when they come out and the therapist ends up becoming a referee and either supporting the guy. And now the wife feels like betrayed or supporting the wife. And now the guy feels, you know, Hey, I can never do anything right. And so, you know, in the model that we create is I work with the husbands, Jean works with the wives, and then we come together to the four of us and, Over the 90 days, it's a very structured process. So we're not allowing them to go back into their their conflict cycle and the dysfunctional pattern. You know, we're teaching them new ways of communicating and new ways of having productive conflict so that they can actually transform the relationship and not reinforce it.
0: What were you going to ask? That, he answered my question. Okay, I was going to okay.
2: ask if they were if you guys talked to them separately and then brought them together. Do you kind of mix and match? Like, do you talk to them separately and bring them together, and then separate again and together, or is it just in the beginning they're separate?
0: Or do then... you guys talk behind the scenes and try to get a
3: all of and... the above? Yeah, <laughs> all, right, <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. And yeah. it really depends on what we're seeing with the couple, you know. Mm-hmm. So some people, you know, maybe they had some some big thing happen, which is getting in the way of. Of their connection so they, they need more individual work or um or we do more couples work or yeah we do talk and that's a really difficult thing that's a great skill to have information about another person that you can't divulge right and still help them because if someone tells you something and the other person hasn't said it we can't go confront that person if that doesn't work right but we do know what's going on
2: yeah
0: how do you how do you know when they come in that they're both not just full of it they're both not just lying and saying they're both perfect when they're both at fault how do
3: you they're both at fault yeah it's always a 50-50 okay okay they just don't know it yet mm-hmm. because one person's stuff is more outward and one is more inward but the inward person is allowing whatever the outward person is doing so it, the the correction is in both ends so we always and we we tell them that up front it's it's a 50-50 you guys are both equally responsible for the condition of the relationship.
0: But I'm scrolling around your website. I mean, if one is a drug addict, cheating, things like that, if one is doing all the cheating, one's doing all the drugs, how is it still 50-50? That's
2: the outward part, right? That would be the outward.
1: Yeah, she hasn't left. Yeah, there's, you know, that the person that's doing cheating or using drugs, they're in the spotlight. But there's still a supporting partner that is tolerating it, enabling it contributing in some way to the condition of the relationship so you know they've got their piece they don't have the spotlight issue that's going on but they have their piece that's contributing to the dysfunction of the relationship
0: wow
2: yeah yeah you usually see the person that that as the victim the one that you know the one that's not cheating the one that's cheating you're like oh my gosh and the one the spouse that's not you're like oh that poor Girl, that poor guy, whatever. And you're thinking they're following the rules and that other guy or girl, whoever. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. You know, we think of relationships in terms of four categories that we call flags. So we mm-hmm. have a yellow, blue, red and green flag kind of categories. And the yellow flag is, is mostly the type of people we see. Mm-hmm. And yellow flags are things that erode your relationship, that erode your bond. You're not spending time together you're overwhelmed with the kids, you know, it's like the stresses of life that the last thing that happens is
1: lack of investment.
3: Yeah. You're, you're tired and you just don't work on it. Right. The second one is blue flags, Mm -hmm. blue flags is like code blue. You're doing things that are killing the relationship, like keeping secrets, not talking about money, uh, having friends of the opposite gender that
1: You confide in.
3: You're confiding in about your relationship.
1: Um, it's really like the deception and separation. So it's like parallel lives and you're living your life, the other partner's living theirs. And there isn't really any intersection in that life.
3: And then the red flags are the toxic ones, like you're talking about the cheating and the, and it's serial cheating, not a one time. Those are different and people can recover from that. But if someone is a serial cheater or, or an addict that isn't in recovery or working on it. Those, those, that person that you think is the victim, they need to figure out how to get out of that for sure.
0: So do you guys go in with the mindset that every relationship can be saved or some of them just uh, a boat that's on fire and you just got to let that go in separate directions.
1: We never make the determination whether a relationship can be saved or not. That is not up to us. It's up to the couple. Okay. Right. A couple always has three choices at any point in their relationship. And that is the choice to stay. And that means tolerating and accepting everything the way it is, choice to leave and accepting the consequence of leaving. And then the choice to change. And the first two choices, you can make that on your own. The third choice requires both partners equally investing in changing. All right, We have seen couples come from most horrific of conditions and turn their relationship around 180 degrees and we can give them the tools. It's really up to them to make it work.
3: We see relationships developmentally, not so much pathologically. And so all of our initial uh, template of relationship is parent child. And when a couple comes in, they're their parent child. That's why one looks innocent and one looks like, you know, but they flip flop, you know, sometimes she's the little girl to the controlling dad, or he's the little boy to the admonishing mom. (laughs) And, and our goal is to teach him how to have an adult adult relationship. And, and it's something we don't know because we don't learn it. It's just not what we bump into. We get our childhood experiences and that's what we show up with. And we don't really know there's more. And as, as we are, helping them on the individual level to do that and take responsibility for what they have control over and to not try to control their partner, which they don't have control over, then they choose for themselves ultimately. And and we'll tell them that our goal is not necessarily a relationship. It's that you become a whole and healthy people. And from that place, you'll make a good decision about your relationship. And mostly they stay Mm -hmm. if they're both working on it.
0: I'm glad you said that relationship flip-flop like that because I said on your podcast that I feel like a little boy when she's mad at me and then I got (laughs) to thinking man that probably doesn't sound good that sounds like some weird thing like I'm dating my mom or something that sounds (laughs) weird but but that's the game I play that's the I do magic for a living I'm a little kid I'm living my childhood dreams I play video games with my kids I can get on the floor and play with my kids and be in that world. But when there's adult decisions need to be made, when there's things that happen.
2: You're there. Yeah. Yeah. I can man up.
0: Just
1: put that on record. (laughs) 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 But I, yeah,
3: yeah. I
0: don't know. Well, if
1: it's any reassurance, every single couple starts out with a parent-child dynamic. Every couple. Because our first relationship that's role modeled to us is parent-child. Right. Ask us as the children, our parents as the parents, and that's what we learn a template for a relationship from. And then when we get into a committed partnership, we start out with that template that we know.
0: So do you think that template you follow along with your mom and dad laid down or you learn from that, or is it a fifty-fifty? Like let me tell you my story. So my parents I didn't know this. My sister's 18 years older than me. My brother's nine years older than me. And I'm the baby. Mom and dad got married. Mom was 14. Dad was 19. Um, dad cheated a lot on my mom. She got married. She got pregnant at 15. Apparently, dad cheated with everyone. I don't know how many partners he had. And I think when I was an infant, that he was living with a girlfriend. And they came. I, I, all I know is my mom and dad were in the house. And every once in a while, I think twice that I remember fall out yelling, just a screaming match fight. And my mom would bring up old girlfriend's name to throw in his face. That was it. Mm -hmm. But boy, I never want to do that to my wife. I never want to. My dad died when I was 25. My mom died when I was closer to 40 or after 40. And till the day she died, you know, she still thought about dad cheating on her, you know. And what did she do wrong? And I'd never want to put that in my wife. So I'm coming from the part that I've seen that. And I never want to do that to her. Do some people, I mean, I'm sure some people fall into, that's what dads do. Dads cheat. Dads go out and do that. I don't know. Am I I answering my own question?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you had two choices and that was to either become a cheater also, or to seek out certainty in your relationships, right? To seek out a partner that you can also show certainty with and also receive certainty, you know, and that's, that's a huge thing, right? Because that's what, um, you, you know, for you translates to safety and security and, and each part in the relationship attracts a counterpart. So, you, you know, you probably have certain, you know, we can just start diving into this, but <laughs> but Natalie, you know, you have certainty issues as well, just different, right? It's like, two sides of the same kind of coin.
3: So, yeah, we, we learn what we see and we learn the opposite of that. And you might see that in your siblings. Maybe they uh, responded to all that differently, but it certainly shaped who you are and how you show up in relationship, including it's it's probably a big part of why you guys work together and travel together and, and make sure that you're keeping that bond where it is. So there isn't that temptation. And-
2: he yeah. always tells me, he says, just don't leave me anywhere because what if something happens? I said, uh, you tell them no and you walk <laughs> away. You make vows. And it doesn't it doesn't I guess I don't understand it because I didn't grow up in a house that had somebody who cheated, that I know of anyway. Um and so him saying I don't want to, but not saying I won't hurts a little bit. You know, so and we've had that discussion before. This is nothing new for him. Um, so I'm not throwing that out. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, so, is, you know, we you do know. a
0: lot of windshield time and a lot of talking. And she's yeah. like, "Will you ever cheat on me? And I the, the honest, the most honest I can be is I hope not. What? Not, no, not. So, no.
3: So there's not. a book called um, The Truth About Men by Daryl Frankel. And he says in every man and us women, we don't tend to this as much. And every man is a dog and a master and dog food is power, lust and greed. And guys always have to battle with who's in control the dog or the master. And we just did a podcast with another couple and he did cheat on her and he would say, I can't control the thoughts in my head. Oh,
0: gosh.
1: Uh, Just to add to that, the job of every man or their sons is to teach them how to be a master of that dog. And so our role modeling is really important. And if you didn't have that role modeling, then it's hard to figure out whether you have that master in place or not. Right. And that's where that uncertainty comes from. Right. And and that makes sense. And so, you know, just like the, the person who grew up in an alcoholic home, it's like that's what I learned so I have to be kind of careful and considerate about the environment I'm around and the actions that I take right because I could go down that path pretty easily it was role modeled to me right right so I need to put things in place to to prevent that from happening I gotta be more considerate than other people might need to
3: the other thing that's really changed you know like when my mom got married as a 18, 19 year old girl, you waited to get married, to have sex. You didn't, there was not so much promiscuity like there is today. And all those lines got very blurry. And you, I mean, you guys were talking about being in Vegas and your daughter being exposed to some, that's the choice people are making. And so what's, what, what used to be. You didn't hear that
0: podcast. Maybe our daughter saw women on the street with pasties on trying to get tips They didn't, she didn't see too much. I mean, it wasn't like she saw a show
3: or anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it's gotten worse and worse over the years. You guys have probably been there more than we have. We went once we're like, not for us, (laughs) but it's everywhere. It's on your TV. It's, it's just everywhere. And so what, where are those lines? And, and how do you decide now for yourself as a person? Because it isn't the culture anymore saying that's appropriate or inappropriate. You know, if, if a girl came to school when I was a kid dressed inappropriately, she got sent home. Not anymore. It's like, Hey, it's your body express yourself the way you want. And so I think it's so much more complicated and, and difficult for us, especially teaching children. I'm glad our kids are grown up yeah. <laughs> of those kind of things. And yeah, and that's how you fireproof your marriage, right? You, you know where the gaps are and you fill them in.
1: The, the challenges for couples today are way more, exponentially more than past generations. You know, if we went back 50 years, there was static roles. You knew what you did as the man of the house. You knew what you did as the lady of the house. You had these roles that you had to fulfill. And it was pretty standard across your community and, you know, your immediate community. Nowadays, those roles don't exist anymore. And so it, there's no static roles. And so husbands and wives have to figure that out on their own now. And there's no role modeling to look to. So you got to, you, you, you have to juggle that around and figure out. And <clears throat> this is what I was taught. This is what I was taught. Well, what do we really want it to be, right? Considering all the, the modern challenges that we're facing right now too.
3: I think there's also an opportunity for couples to take their relationship to much higher level because we don't have those, you know? So, so now we're making more conscious choices of how are we setting this up and what do we wanna feel? And, and am I not just behaving like your mom, she didn't leave, did she? No. No, yeah. because that's what you did, you know, and you tolerated it and, and, you know, now you can say, well, I don't want that to be part of our relationship. And so what do we need to do? So those things don't happen. And then you're talking about those difficult things, which isn't comfortable, but then you're, that's the bond. That's, that's the bond that gets you to an even higher level than just the basic, we're going to set up shop together and pay the bills together and have a family. But now that next level is, I want you to feel safe with me. I want you to feel like I'm your person. I want to know about you. I don't know if our grand, my, my grandparents for sure didn't do that. I don't, I don't think my parents did either. (laughs)
0: Just like, just have talks, just have conversations like that.
3: Yeah. Especially when something comes up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I took your, your quiz on your website just to do something beforehand. I mean, I think we passed the bar on everything. We run the business together. So she has all my emails. She has Christmas sucks because a lot of stuff on Amazon, she sees my email. (laughs) She sees Amazon purchases. I see her Amazon purchases. Right. That's the only time it gets messed up. Then you do feel sneaky because you're asking your next neighbor or somebody else, hey, can you buy me something? I'll pay you back. I have to sneak money from somewhere to do this, but I'm trying to (laughs) lovingly give you a present. But yeah,
3: yeah. It it helps when your kids are older. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. If he hit his phone for me or did something, started doing something weird, I'd be like, what's going on and i think the same thing with you because he's always like hey hand me your phone i'm just like here you go i mean it's uh, we know each other's passcodes we know yeah mm-hmm. that's open which
3: <clears throat> hashtag couple synergy approved yeah <laughs> <Wow>. but,
0: <laughs> and, it, and it's not that we're sneaking up on each other i mean my phone's downloading a podcast so i need to go on facebook and do something and i can log in on her phone it's not that i'm checking up on her or anything like that and right, my yeah. daughter is 12 yes. when she's doing this and i walk in the bedroom and she throws her phone down and turns the screen over we do check i just grab it out of her hand you don't do that i don't care what you're watching i need to see what you had yeah so that's different she's not doing that so yeah well
1: all those sneaky behaviors that's part of the blue flag category right that's yeah. where you're keeping things separate from your partner and a lot of couples they'll even have their finances separate Right? They'll have separate bank accounts and, and their
3: information about their finances
1: and information, like they can't access mm-hmm. their, their partner stuff and they'll pay the bills. They'll split up bills and they'll just, I'll, I'll take care of this. You take care of that. And there's no interaction whatsoever, you know, and that's a lot of the millennial generation actually is doing that more.
3: Hmm. You know, and here's the tough thing. Every relationship <laughs> gets stressors mm-hmm. and when we're in pain as human beings, We have two choices one is we can go comfort ourselves we can take a pill we can drink some wine we can eat some pizza everything we do that immediately makes us feel better is bad for us in the long run it'll it'll make us sick the other thing we can do is we can use discipline you know so if you hurt your back you could take a pill or and you can go to physical therapy and get stronger and work out and heal and so if you have anything in there when you're in the pain point in a relationship, it's really human nature to seek that path of least resistance. You're rejected by your partner and someone comes along and gives you attention. That's really difficult stuff. And so so those kind of things that you guys have set up because you're like, you know what? I don't have any secrets from you. So why? I don't have nothing to hide. Here's my phone. I don't care. Right. It's the stuff that we that we consciously are like, oh, I should hide this. We know it's wrong.
2: Man.
0: Right. And it's it's funny because it's we all should know all of these secrets. I mean, the, the stuff that you're given seems like common sense, but people that are in the middle of it, they don't see it. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the sneakiness and the hiding and the, the separate. And I, I don't know. It, it reminds me a lot of Natalie's health business. You know, people that are going and going to Burger King or something on the way home from work and then coming home and having dinner but honey, I'm losing weight. I'm eating your diet food and I'm still gaining weight. The sneaky and the hiding and the,
2: what else are you doing? Obviously something's not right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. And that's the, that's the comfort. That's the, they're dealing with stress. They're dealing with something and they're not confronting it.
1: And and so we use the iceberg. principle. So we use the iceberg principle with that, you know, that 15% above the water, 85% underneath the water. So the sneaking of the food and and not telling the partner about it is the 15% going on above the water. What is it connected to underneath, right? There's judgment, there's shame, right? There's guilt, there's power and control, you know? So all of those things have a deeper root, you know, in their, their past, in their history. And it's playing out now in their relationship. And they're either projecting onto their partner that you are this judgmental controlling person. Right. Or I am, I'm weak and I'm insecure. I mean, there's a lot that it could be connected to. And that those are the things that we help each person within the couple understand within themselves and what are they playing out in their relationship?
0: Yeah, we both ballooned up over the pandemic, having twins and, uh, you know, breastfeeding around the clock and diapers around the clock and being unemployed. I mean, you got those uh, $5 pizzas and, uh, you know, family-style <laughs> lasagnas you get for 5 bucks, And then we just ballooned up just eating junk all the time just to comfort ourselves because we're exhausted. We're tired.
2: Survival and- mode. That's, mm-hmm. all we could. That's all we Instead could. Instead of
0: if we'd have ate right and if we would have just ate right during that period, a lot would have been easier. We wouldn't have been so right. tired. Right. We wouldn't have been so, you know, just be exhausted 24 hours a day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Looking back that on that. that it's so, higher, yeah. Lot. But yeah, it wouldn't have been as bad.
0: It's hard. Twins are hard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. We all say that though. Like <clears throat> if I just would have done this, it'd be so much easier now. And there's a reason we don't, whatever that is, you know, and right. we all know what we're supposed to do. It's not, that's not rocket science, right? We know better nutrition. We know move your body. It's not, confusing, but it's something else underneath that is like not today. And it, interestingly, married couples tend to be more physically unhealthy than single people.
2: Yeah. I, have you ever heard the uh you get you get fat and happy. When you're happy in your relationship, you end up getting fat. That's what we did right before we got engaged. And then we got engaged and we both want to look good in wedding pictures and we got that back.
0: Because the only thing I knew how to cook was those $5 pizzas.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I tell you, I know for me, yes, we had the excuse, and it was a great excuse. uh, of We have no work, so we'll get the cheap stuff. But we could have gotten cheap stuff that was better for us, I'm sure. But I had, I know for me, working on that mental relationship with food and everything was very important. And that's probably along the same lines as far as marriage, the marriage counseling and everything goes is, you know, this is just easier to ignore it and I don't wanna work on myself. And then once they face it, they really gotta work, a lot of mental work and that's hard.
0: I'm not trying to shoe in her health business. I'm just saying the similarities of do the work, lose the weight. And then as soon as you quit, you balloon back up. As soon as you stop going to therapy, they start fighting again or they give it two months, eight months, whatever the thing was. It, the similarities. That's, are why there. You gotta
2: keep, that's why you have, that's what I'm saying. You have to do that mental work or it's not going to stick.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting out of it anyway.
3: Yeah. It's the same thing we're talking about. It's not just changing your behaviors. It's healing what's underneath there that is driving those behaviors. Yeah. And, you know, sadly, it, it's complicated. It's complicated the work we do and it's complicated with our bodies because of all the the, the chemicals and the hormones and the, and the misinformation, huge misinformation. And what happens too, when you, when you lose weight, you lose muscle. When you gain weight, you gain fat. And so every time you go through that cycle, that's what happened to me. When I was, when I joined the army, I I did an extreme thing to get in to, to make weight. And then I've just dealt with that my whole life. And every time I go on something extreme, I'm more fat, less muscle, more fat. And and that's just, then you go through menopause and it's it's a party. So it's, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just learning this stuff now. I didn't know that. And now this information's available. And so it's like, don't do the extreme thing. You gotta do the, and when you do that and you feel good, it's maintainable when you're doing the extreme stuff. It just, but you don't know that. No. no yeah. And
2: a lot yeah. of us want that quick fix. I think in, in everything and in anything, what's the quickest way to get it done? What's the quickest way to lose weight? What's the quickest way to put a bandaid on our relationship so we can move forward. And it, it never works. So you have to actually, you have to do the work.
3: Well, yeah. if you think about it too, when, when you have friends, what do they think? Right. Mm-hmm. So like we, when we were young and you know, getting married and all our friends were probably a lot of them single and going out and partying and doing stuff. What do you, what do you mean you guys don't go out and drink without each other? What do you, you know, and, and they would put a lot of pressure on that. We're like, well, we don't think that's very healthy.
1: Yeah. Why don't you guys do, you know, guys night out or girls night out or guy trips or girl trips? You know, we don't, we don't do that. We've never done that our entire marriage. So because- a lot
3: of that stuff is normalized, you know, and so. <laughs> Same, same with drinking, same with eating. It's like, well, it seems like it's everywhere. So what is it going to hurt? And we don't really know what it hurts until we're alone by ourselves in pain.
0: Yeah. We never did that.
2: No. Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: Um. So you guys have a lot of different things going on. Um. On your podcast that I did, you said you guys have 40 acres. It's Colorado, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Second guessing. Um. Mm-hmm. Do people come to your place? Do you have an office? Or are you doing it all over Zoom and different things like that?
1: So up until COVID and lockdown, we were seeing we were seeing clients in the Chicagoland area, um, God what, 12 hours a day or something? Like every <laughs> <A day. lot. laughs> and in person, right? And you know, maybe we were doing 10% of the work uh, virtually. And then when lockdown happened, we had to send our staff home and we went hundred percent virtual. And that really kind of shifted things because we had to learn how to work virtually with people. And at the same time, then we really started looking at our life and our kids had, had grown and were out of the house. They were never coming back to the Chicago area. And so we were saying to ourselves, why are we staying here? You know, what was really keeping us here? And we started to really look around and we started, you know, we, we were avid hikers um, before that, but then COVID, you know, pushed us outdoors and we wanted to hike even more. And we started hiking in Colorado. We started looking out here and the lockdown helped us branch out and be able to provide services beyond just the region of the Chicagoland area in Illinois. But now we're able to provide our services and our message to the world, which was hugely important for us, because mm-hmm. now we can actually help a lot of people versus like just one couple at a time.
0: So, did you start your podcast around the pandemic time as well?
1: We did twenty
3: nineteen. Yeah. Yep. And so- and we we offer a few different levels of things. So we have we have a weekend um, relationship enhancement weekend, a weekend retreat for couples, which. What we found is like the, the individual work we do is like, um,
1: like intense personal training.
3: Yeah. But, but what you do, you're in it for an hour and then you're going back into your life. And so your, your change is a little bit different when you come for the weekend, there's no distractions for four days. I mean, for four days you are in it. And so what you're really doing is you're really filling up that relationship bank account. And once you feel that, because unfortunately in our work, we're asking people to do the work without them really knowing what the payoff is and until they can feel that payoff. And it takes us about 10 weeks to get them to where they really get it, what we're trying to teach them. So it's like working out and not seeing any results and that, but the weekend that's like that deep dive into it, where you're, you're so immersed in it. When you come out, you fight back for that. You want, you want that connection and that feeling and that closeness again, And so those two things are, I love doing both of those type, that type of work.
1: And I mean, we have a home study course Mm -hmm. too, where couples can do that, you know, the kind of work at home and really understand a lot of the concepts that we're, you know, trying to teach them. And when we work with couples intensely and personally, we have them do the home study course in conjunction with the work that we're doing with them. So, you know, we're, we're just trying to get that message in, in many different ways, you know, for people so that they can kind of, if they want to dabble in it, great. Understand the concepts a little bit more, but if they really want to jump in head first, then we have that capability too.
0: I had a, uh, a psychiatrist, I think is what they're called. Psychiatrist. Is that who she was? A lady from England. You remember uh, her? Yeah. She said that she didn't like the zooms because, and this wasn't couples. So I can't imagine couples. But she couldn't get a feeling for the person as being you know, like, I'm looking at my phone. A like, ding goes off and I'm here or the cat walking by the camera over there or whatever. These people, for her, she's trying to lock in with them and be there. Did, was there a big adjustment? Have you been able to figure that out? Or is there still toughness with over no, Zoom? Right? Yeah. The, yeah. The,
3: the only thing that I really notice is when people have kids that keep barging in. Mm-hmm. And besides that, people are pretty intense and, and wanting and willing to be learning what they're learning. So, and, and it might be because it's couples, right? Because if your partner's doing it and you're not, that's probably not a good feeling. So you don't right. want to show up half. Okay. That's the only thing I've noticed is, is yeah. some people have kids that'll, you know, distract well,
1: them. One thing I I, you know, I've observed is that when we were working with couples, In the office Um, a lot of times they would come into the office they'd feel really good after leaving right they like the environment the environment makes them feel good and then they go back to the same home where the conflict is so change was happening a lot slower so and that's why we did the home study course because we wanted them doing that work at home in their home environment So now they're making those changes happen at home. Well, now in doing the virtual work, they're in their bedroom, they're in their living room and working with us. So the change is happening at home. On top of it, they're doing the home study course. So the majority of the work is happening in the home environment and it starts to shift the whole dynamics there. So it it did take a little bit of a shift in the way we communicate you know, virtually. But I, I think that we've been able to make that shift and and the change is still happening. Maybe that, that's a really so.
3: good point. And I think that when we went to mostly virtual is when we created the home study Yeah, because it was harder to do. So <laughs> you could imagine if you're coming in for a session, you're you might be a little emotional. Well, we don't really learn very well when we're emotional. And so when we we're trying to teach and they're emotional, they would come back, I'm like, you remember this and they forget, or they, I I remembered it when you said it, it sounded like common sense, but now I can't tell you back what I heard. And so the, the home study course is like, what are the, the things that we're telling people over and over and over again that everybody needs to learn? And I, so I think that combination is a big deal, but nothing is ever going to replace being in person. We prefer in-person work. Um, and we miss it. But we can be very effective without it. But it does lose a little something.
0: And the people that do the home study group, do they normally sign up for the weekend? Or is it just a small percentage of those? Or that's a different
3: clientele completely? It's different.
1: Yeah, I think we found that the majority of people who are signing up for the weekend have been working with us personally.
3: But... It's not personal. The weekend's not personal. So we've also had family members and friends and neighbors on the weekend. And we tell them, we don't, we don't talk to you guys on the weekend. We teach and you guys talk to each other so that we don't necessarily have to have been working with them for them to be on the weekend. Yeah.
0: Do you guys work with churches at all with them going to their pastor and asking for help pastor? I mean, he can help a little bit, but you guys have the knowledge and the schooling just for that where he's got all these other things going on. Do you guys work with churches to get clients?
1: You know, a lot of times the churches have their own resources that they have created. I know there's a lot of um, Christian based organizations that really focus on working with the churches and they don't really look outside, you know, of those close knit communities and we're not opposed to working with churches You know, it's just I think that they really want to be make it Christian based and Bible based based, which we don't do. Our our work isn't not its not spirituality. Well, spirituality based, spiritual, but it's but it's not specifically uh you know Christian based type of approach.
0: Yeah, but if you're addicted to drugs and you're cheating on your wife, I mean that's that's not very Christian of you anyway. So I mean, you know what I mean? Right.
3: yeah. yeah, And I, and I think that is kind of part of it. You know, like some people will be like, well, I only want to date a Christian because then that won't happen, but right. it does because, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't like force yourself because something external is going to judge you. So you're going to behave, you know, and I think that's kind of that thought of why they want it to be so structured along those lines. And what we do, it, we don't, we do deal with people's beliefs, but we don't need them to believe anything in particular, but what works for them. And if, if you're calling yourself something, but you're not living the life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, that's anybody. Uh, Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, but uh, I'm I'm really close.
3: (laughs) We were just watching. We're actually planning a, Our anniversary is in a in a couple of weeks on Valentine's Day. Yep. And we're putting our dogs into puppy school, which takes a month. So we're like, all right, we don't have we're kind of free. So we were watching this show uh, of old old Irish pubs. So we're doing a tour of Ireland to visit. There's like 24 different pubs that they did this thing on. And this one guy, he was uh, they do a lot of singing there and stuff. And he goes, I can't sing because God has to has to have one imperfection. He's, I, like, I'd be perfect besides that. That's so like what you were saying. <laughs> My only flaw. <laughs> My. You got to have one.
0: <laughs> I haven't found one yet, though.
2: Oh come on! Now. I can sing. <laughs>
0: just not gonna right now. Yeah. Can you tell everybody about the billboard? I thought that was awesome. I, I, you talked about it briefly, but I want to go a little deep dive into
1: that. So when we first started our company, it was just the two of us working with couples. You know, we, we really didn't have two nickels to rub together. And at that time, this big shot divorce attorney in Chicago, in the downtown area, put up this billboard and on one side was this scannily scantily clad woman and the other side, scantily clad guy. And in the middle, it said, life is short, get a divorce. And she was a, she, uh, you know, attorney, she got a lot of press for that. I mean, nationwide press. And she, she then went on to have these uh, roaming billboards that go throughout the city saying the same message. And, you know, we felt really strongly about it, that this is the worst message to be promoting. You know, that it's so so trivial. You know, marriage doesn't really mean anything. And so we put whatever money we put together and we got another billboard, you know, on one of the major expressways going in the city. And on one side was this young married couple. The other side was an older couple that were dancing together. And in the middle, it said, Life is short. Your marriage doesn't have to be. And, you know, that message, we got some press for it, not as much as she did, you know, but it was really important for us because of what we were trying to do and what we're st- we are still are trying to do is, is really give couples the resources out there who feel alone and are struggling. They don't know what to do. And we don't want them to think that this is how it's supposed to be. right? Right. Because it can be better. It absolutely can be.
3: And we have this this natural way of feeling. And when we do the right thing, we feel good. And when we do the wrong thing, we might feel good for a few minutes, but then we don't for very long. And we see this a lot with young people. They are so disconnected socially. They don't know how to interact and they all their anxiety and depression is through the roof. And the one thing that we can do for our emotional and mental wellness is be in a relationship that feels safe, that you feel like you contribute, that you belong, that you're cared for. And that that is makes for such a great life. It's just not, oh, I own a jet layer or something else that the world's, <laughs> <laughs> that the world's trying to tell you is what's going to really make you happy. Because what really makes you happy is some, some good food and some good people to share it with.
0: You know, you have those celebrities that, you know, are 75 years old dating a 19 a year old girl or a 20 year old girl, and they have nothing in common.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're, you know, they're, they're telling about TV shows they watched, you know, when their parents were in college and, you know, that's what they, and it's, it's, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad. One of the, one of my favorite things in the world is just making my wife laugh. You know, I can tell her that the craziest silliest stuff in the world somebody else would think i was crazy but it's just trying to get a reaction out of her and it her laugh i love it so much mm-hmm. but going back to the other thing you guys were talking about that divorce lawyer and everything in my mind it's stereotypical like the the big shot divorce lawyer is usually divorced is that a, is that a is that a stereotype or is that something
3: i've made up
1: i i think there's a probably high correlation with that you know that that big shot divorce attorney. She was divorced.
3: I think, I think too, what's really sad is that, um, uh, the way people, the way the, the system works with divorce is so utterly dehumanizing Mm. and the people we see go through that, even if they were sort of in agreement in the beginning, the way they get riled up and the fear, you know, this is your money. This is your, your safety and security in life. You're already, Heartbroken and and your emotions are running high. And and that is it's really easy to have that used against you during a divorce. And I really wish they would make it harder to get married and easier to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And it, it should just be, you know, a mathematical formula financially and some other stuff. So I don't know why they have to our, our friend went through a five year divorce. I
0: was gonna say
3: plus. I'm sure you see it. And I,
0: I go through it and the lawyer was making it last five years just Mm -hmm. because they had nothing left there was nothing left to split after that it was just, and the lawyer got it
3: yeah and it's it's really sad you know and so if people are gonna choose that path I wish there was a better way and I we do know some attorneys who are trying to make it a better way but they they don't get any friction you know they, they they don't have any momentum because it depends on both people behaving right and as soon as someone gets scared and hurt people don't behave anymore, really brings out some things in people.
0: Well, just keep them, keep them going, keep them safe, show <laughs> them, show them what to do. And it's not a cure all fix all. You've got to put the work in, you know, you've messed up once before it could happen again. So put that work in. That's the, I think that's what you guys are trying to say.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and more important than that is we really want people to know that there is something you can do Mm -hmm. because a lot of times people, they love each other. It's not happy and they don't know what to do, but there is help. There is stuff you can do. You can educate yourself and you can work on it and that it will make you help you feel better.
1: Now, I mean, even if you get divorced, especially if you have kids, you have to still learn to work with each other. And so we'll tell people that, you know, especially if they have kids, you know, it really doesn't matter about the status of your marriage. What matters is that you guys have to be able to communicate with each other. You have to be able to not have resentment and be able to resolve conflict, you know, for the sake of your children, you know, so all the skills that we teach couples is invaluable.
3: Yeah. And it also, if you leave a relationship and you haven't learned what that person came into your life to teach you you will attract the same lesson right back into your life. We've all seen it. We've all seen someone do a lot of work to get out of something. Two years later, they're in the same dynamic with a different person. And so that's our goal too, is that, you know, you, you shift that up. Like, you know, you were talking about someone that's with an addict or a cheater. You're going to continue to track that until you figure out why you track that into your life to begin with. And so that, that to me is, is the greatest part about doing this work, because I I believe our highest form of, of spiritual greatness on this planet is to be in a relationship with another person. It's hard.
0: Well, one of the things you were talking about divorce a second ago, that the Bruce and Demi, Demi Moore and, and Bruce Willis, uh, that dynamic of them being together at birthday parties and taking pictures together and being a loving couple towards each other, although they have separate relationships, everybody was, it was on the cover of every magazine. This is so weird, but that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I don't know anyone that's gotten divorced that are like that. Right. Even
2: today. They're friendly. Yeah. That that's friendly. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we have, we have yet to interview someone from Hollywood and their relationship because, it it must be ungodly difficult to have a committed partnership where when you walk outside the house, you have to be on, you have to be a character, you have to be there for the public and very cognizant about how you behave. And then behind closed doors, now what?
3: Trying to be authentic when you're out How do you be authentic,
1: yeah. right? You go on set, you are kissing another co-worker, or co-actor, and then you come home to your committed partner, right? Well, how do you how do you integrate that? You know, that, where do you draw the three, line about? That's
0: three months at a time for sixteen-hour days. That's not a regular nine-to-five where people struggle. That is sixteen-hour days for three months.
3: Right. So someone else is definitely meeting your needs during that time.
0: I don't know about definitely, but I mean. <laughs> it's yeah the odds are pretty up there
3: yeah and and you know i'm not even talking about sexual needs but just you know that that connection that investment like who are you around and where are you putting your energy towards
0: makeup lady i mean sometimes it's just just, it's the person sitting there putting the makeup on you yeah you know they,
1: they say that uh you know the research shows that couples um who are happy and healthy they say that they invest five and a half hours minimum of quality time per week with each other. That's this minimum five and a half hours, right? And that's face-to-face time. That's interacting the two of them without any distractions, without everybody else. If you are spending that time with someone else, a friend, it, it could be even the same gender friend. You are investing more in that relationship than you are with your spouse. And so there is going to be, A consequence for that
3: so that you guys can probably tell how five and a half hours you guys are probably at you know like a hundred and something (laughs) and you know and and when we ask a couple that's one of the first questions we ask them is how much quality time you guys spend together maybe an hour a week if that a lot of them say zero and the kids are all all they they don't get away from their kids there's so many people involved and then there's screens when there's not other people and so it's it's a big part of that's that yellow flag of there's just no investment in the relationship.
2: Yeah. No, I yes, and that's why I like our date nights. Um we we try and do it once a month and it's just nice uninterrupted time. Cause even though we can have one-on-one time at home, you never know when there's gonna be a kid bursting, hey mom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> asking a question. Um, so it's kind of nice to have that no interruption time, you know, once a month.
0: But I that's thought it was digging. silly when she was asking. And eventually she really started asking. And I'm just, I'm poo-pooing it because we had a, a 10-year-old yeah, daughter, yeah. a nine-year-old daughter. Right. When I'm going out to dinner, we're just going out to dinner. All right. Well, mm-hmm. now I want to go out to dinner with you. But can't we take the baby? Why, why get a babysitter? Just, we're going out to dinner, you know? And that's all it was. It wasn't like a romantic date night. It was just, but to her, she needed that. So it was like, now we have the twins and it's like, all right, well, we have a live in babysitter, we have this, everything's set up. If that makes you happy, honey, and she's loving it. And you mm-hmm. know what? I don't it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. I don't I don't mind at all. I love her. I'll do it. You anything.
3: know, the, the other thing that's really, really important is it teaches your kids some really important things that they're okay without you, that they can okay. tolerate their own emotions and self soothe and and all that kind of stuff. Cause we, you know, you see that more too. Kids aren't leaving their parents and they're not, they're not engaging in a relationship with a peer and they're sort of, they're sort of not maturing in that way. I mean, probably when you guys were kids, certainly when we were kids, you went out and played. And if you had an altercation with another kid, you figured it out. Otherwise you both got in trouble. Right. And now kids are totally controlled. They're, they're in a a controlled sport or um, the play dates are supervised by adults or something. There's always an adult around and they don't know how to interact without that. And so
0: I kicked my daughter out the back door and she comes right back in and I'm <laughs> kicking her out, I'm, go play. She comes right back. I, she can't figure it out. And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta be on your own. You gotta learn, make some memories and climb some trees and have fun and meet the neighbor kids and,
2: She's getting and, better and at it, though. She's getting
0: better. She's getting better at it. Yep. So, anyway, you guys have so much going on, though. CouplesSynergy.com. Uh, you can book their uh, can. The relationship. You can book the relationship weekends, Relationship 101 study course, Bliss products. We'd even get into that's a whole nother category. <laughs> I just saw right. that and I said, hey, I got to write that down. But um, <laughs> that's
3: really good stuff.
0: <laughs> the the podcast and everything else you guys got so much going on you are so awesome I really enjoy you guys as a couple like yeah. when you guys come to DC yes come on want to get together yeah. you guys are awesome thank Absolutely. you guys for the podcast um is there anything else you guys want to plug or promote before we wrap everything up
1: not right now I mean we are going to be publishing a book this this year so that's... we don't have a title
3: yet <laughs> yeah it's with our editor
1: right now so that's that's something down the line so look out for that
0: awesome awesome well we have a podcast group so send us pictures and when that comes out send that to me and i'll promote it on the podcast group as well
1: so guys awesome.
0: thank you so much for being on only thing we would love to say is uh see yeah, you next, next week. week check us out online at westisley.com and patreon.com forward slash wes underscore isley for behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.